full pours out of that thing. That's pretty good. Yeah. How many? Yeah, I mean, how it's many Oz's? Seven fifty, I think. Yeah, it's a seven hundred fifty milliliters. So, so what is that, Corey? Why, why don't you describe? Yeah, that yeah. To us? So this was a gift from my coworker. I think either last year for Christmas or twenty twenty for Christmas. Uh, and this is the Rogue twenty twenty Santa's Private Reserve Peppermint Bark Milk Stout. Mm. The bottle is incredible. Yeah, it's a very interesting bottle. Uh, we should maybe throw this on the Instagram. Oh, yeah. Or maybe yeah. Uh, some show art. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll grab a... It's a, a beautiful bottle. In fact, I'm, it's the kind of bottle you put up on a shelf when you're done drinking it. Yeah, I'll probably hang or on to Or just put one. it out as a, as a Christmas decoration. It's got candy canes on the front. It's sort of a, sort of a delightful light teal color. Uh, it's got Santa chopping down a candy cane. Jordan's taking a very artistic photograph. That's nice. 2020. Santa's private reserve from Rogue. Gentlemen, to beer and backfire. And backfire. Tink. Ooh, it's very pepperminty. It's not as heavy as I was expecting. Yeah, but yeah, but not overwhelmingly. No, like it's no. there right up front and then it's, it just fades to it's chocolate. the like but it's the like candied peppermint like that is I suspect it was much stronger when it was brand new. Probably it was. It may have been. It may have mellowed over time. Usually that stuff kind of chills out a bit over time. Oh boy, that but is very real good. good. Yeah. It's it's delicious. And you said this was an imperial stout? Uh a milk stout. No, milk it's stout. A, okay. Yeah, milk stout. That's delightful. Yeah, I feel like the lactose in there actually like smooths it. Yeah. It like rounds off the edges of it's the nice mint. It's nice and creamy. Yeah. Mm, creamy. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That's that's nice though. Yeah. Man, that's really. I got to wonder if they made that this year. We got to find some. Yeah, I'm digging that. Very good. So what's happened lately, gentlemen? Well, we went to VIR a couple of weeks ago. We did. It seems like it was an eternity ago, somehow. In reality, and yet it was, it was like, like three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah, it really was. Uh, we've talked about track days with more time in between. Um, what was the primary thing about that weekend? Would you say it was? It was cold. It, it was, was cold, cold at night. It, it was, was very. Cold. It was very cold at night, and especially on I want to say Saturday morning. So the first morning of the weekend. Um, it was very cold and it was very damp. Like there was a lot of condensation on the track and everything else. And it froze overnight. Yeah. So we woke up Saturday morning and everything was just covered in a little crust of ice. Um, uh, I spent both nights in a tent, which is very much a summer tent. Like the upper third of the tent is mesh. It just, there's no, there's no insulating properties to the tent itself. Uh, thank goodness my mummy bag has insulating properties down to, you know, whatever, zero degrees or something. I did, yeah. I did offer to cuddle in the Forerunner if he was really <laughs> that cold. Jordan offered this on the second night after I survived the first night the first and night said, was man, bad. that was miserable. Um, I made some adjustments the second night. Uh, I went to bed with some actual clothing on, flannel pajama pants and uh socks you know things i didn't things i didn't think i would need the first night but i absolutely did and then i also layered the two jackets i threw my winter jacket over my feet like outside the sleeping bag uh, yeah. that helped and then i threw my second my my mazda motorsports fleece line jacket over my torso 
outside the sleeping bag, just layered up. And then I also had a very thick blanket that was on both nights, but it was cold. Um, however, once the track warmed up, it was just Fantastic. about perfect. Mm -hmm. It's like 60 degrees in the middle of the day. You never felt like you had to hide from the sun. Uh, the track felt good. No rain. I mean, really, it was, uh, it was pretty great. Fairly ideal, other than the first, first session of the day is a little rough. And high rate of attrition on Saturday. Yeah, that was the heartbreaking thing. Jordan and I saw a beautiful, probably around 71 to 73 Mustang. Light blue, like a sky blue color. I had seen him out there many times before. Roll through the paddock just before the first session on Saturday. And um, he went out first session Saturday morning and uh, put it into the tire wall in turn Hard. Oh, no. Yeah. Cold, cold tires, cold brakes. Yeah. Just finished the warm-up lap, went down into turn one on, his, I think, his first lap, and just sent it off through the grass and into the tire wall and bent up the front end pretty bad. It was, he, was, uh, he was not sad. the last. That is unfortunate. No, there were, there were a few others, but again, not too... Um, not too, too bad as track weekends go. Yeah. I think there was less doom at that one than uh, New Jersey. For it was a life. different kind of doom. New Jersey was more engines going pop, and this was more cars going into walls. Yeah, that's true. Was, was this a NASA event? Yes. Ah. Um, yes, it it's, was. It's interesting because this was their second to last event of the year usually fall finale is like halloween weekend it's um, funny how this works if you were to ask if you were to listen to chris cabeto it was the last event of the year yeah it, it was the last competition event of the year there's yeah. no more all the all the award ceremony and everything was that was that weekend which we i i don't 100 percent know that we were supposed to go but we did and they had some really good food oh to the award ceremony <laughs> yeah. they said it was open to everybody okay yeah, I, th I thought it was open to all racers, and we are not that. No, it was it was open to everyone who was there that weekend who paid to be there. So they fed us well. There was good food, and then the uh, lasagna was amazing. Yeah, the lasagna was like outrageously good for just being produced in mass quantity for a bunch of people at a gathering. Um, and then yeah, the PA was way too loud, and oh. all of us were getting headaches and weird. Thankfully, since we weren't racing and didn't care but so much about the awards, we were just like, got free food, got some free beer, we out. Bye. And then we, uh, we hung out in, in the paddock until it was unbearably cold and then climbed in our sleeping arrangements there at the track and survived a, a second night of 33 degrees. No, the second night was like 40. Uh, the first night was like 31. Uh, I thought I looked at my phone when i got up sunday morning and it was in the 30 mid 30s again Ugh, but i no. can't remember it was cold i thought it was warmer was the second cold. night it didn't feel as bad maybe we were just prepared for it by yeah, the first night. that's true <laughs> yeah but uh yeah the that weekend for me it was it was weird because vir is like my favorite place it's like my favorite track I just love being there usually puts me in a good mood. I feel like I'm home when I'm there. Um, and that just wasn't the case that weekend. I felt incredibly unsatisfied and frustrated the entire time. 
I don't. Really the entire time. I thought by the end of Sunday you came around a bit, but definitely Saturday and, and the morning of Sunday you were. It was a little better on Sunday, but still, I I think the source, the main source of my frustration is that now that I'm in DE3, everybody, the both people and vehicles are fast, are so much faster that I literally did not pass a single person that wasn't mechanically compromised all weekend. I gave a billion point buys and I was mostly just by myself on track the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And it just wasn't, I did not have a very good time. Yeah. That is, and I think VIR, unfortunately for for us with lower powered cars, is sort of uniquely designed as a f- higher speed track, absolutely, to produce those circumstances. Yeah, like it's just the experience you're going to have at a place that doesn't, besides Oak Tree, doesn't really have like a slow technical section. No. Like even turn three, four, five, it's still and pretty. The quick. lower S's is, is pretty fast. Like. Yeah, I think whatever oak trees the slowest turn and I get down to about 45 there. And like even that yes, that is a, ma- a major factor, but also like when I was in DE2, there was a lot of people in like E30s or Miatas or yeah, I don't know, other kind of slow cars that I could we could like have fun, you know, pacing each other and you know, having someone else to drive with on track and it's fun. In in this particular weekend, there was no other slow cars. Well, in D3. you guys also got the weird group of Porsche guys that had like never done a track oh. day, right? Tell tell this fascinating story. I for for I'm not exactly sure where they were from. Um, they were very clearly um, from. I'm going to assume China. Um, probably sent over here for college by their parents, all a bunch of very young people driving quarter million dollar cars or higher. GT3 uh, RS. There was a GT2 RS in this group. Wow. Which I have never even seen before in person. Um, and it was a whole group of them. Uh, it's all Porsches, a couple BMWs, and I think a Supra. Um, and they were... My un- I had my understanding from what I heard from other people's conversations with that was that this was essentially their first track weekend, yeah. and they were they self placed into DE three, and were causing problems all weekend. Most of which I did not see because I'm so slow. I I just let them by whenever they came through. So yeah, but traffic problems, track etiquette problems, like just not knowledgeable about how to show up at a track day, and I don't know how they made it into DE3 and registered and got in and ran part of the weekend in that group. But yeah, I heard from the workers. It was, uh, there was a pretty big stir up about getting them bumped all the way down to DE1 where yeah, they should have been. Where they should have been. Yeah, that's By that's the awful. end of the weekend. But How? it's just very strange. Uh, thankfully, I was in DE2 and avoided all of that. It yeah. seemed like everybody in DE2 that weekend belonged there. And uh, I, I only had an issue with one of them. Uh, it was a guy in a Cayman, a blue Cayman. He, uh, we were doing a, a drill uh, in our session where they would put out the, there's a, there's a flag at VIR that is apparently unique to VIR. 
It's the purple 35 mile an hour flag. They will do a double yellow and then cover one of the one of the yellow flags with a purple 30 mile an hour or 35. It's either 30 or 35 mile an hour uh, speed limit flag. And uh, they threw the flags and I, you know, looked in my mirrors and pulled off throttle a little bit, slowed down a little bit. And this came in, just blitzed past me, did not get a point by, but he passed me anyway under the double yellows under the 30. I think he realized what he did and slowed down and we did a couple, like a full lap under that. And then the flags, you know, when it's over, they pull the flags in and when they're not displaying a flag, you go, they don't need to be waving a green flag. He waited an entire lap before resuming pace. I don't know. You don't want that. You don't want that. No. Like how does it, how does that even happen? Like how do you, how do you let somebody self-place in DE3 if they've never been to one of your events before? Like, I'm I, it's not an excellent sure. question. I'm not sure, actually, because I don't work inside of NASA. I don't deal with registrations or anything. I would have to ask them, like, what what they look for if you sign up in DE3. Like, I, I thought you had to generally, if you didn't have a record with NASA, like with the local chapter that they could reference... You need to like basically type out a driving resume. That Even says, if you do, they ask you to do it. Yeah, a I've driving driven resume. This many events with these clubs, with you know other organizations, so forth. And they might still give you a check ride anyway if it's your first time with them. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, language barrier, maybe I don't know. Potentially, I don't know. But and it was, they it was they were strange. also absent or very late to several of the classroom sessions, which really, really, really pisses them. If you want to get every, if you want to get NASA to get pissed off at you, especially mid Atlantic. Yeah. Be late to, or skip classroom stuff. They will. Brian, Brian and Gil in particular, Jack doesn't care as much truthfully, but, um, but yeah, Brian, they do not mess around. Gil definitely. But yeah, that was time for that. I, I had a I, I, I went away from that event kind of bummed that that's how I felt after a VIR event because that's not usually the case. Yeah. Now, given that you're in DE3, like you you could register for an event there in DE2, right? I, I think so. I believe so. Yeah, I, I might. I just wonder if that might be worth it, like at that particular track. Yeah. That would just be a better way to... Go back to enjoying the experience there. I mean, the only real sacrifice you would have then no from passengers. your standpoint is no no passengers and no passing outside <laughs> the designated zones. Which I can deal with because not everyone isn't a thousand billion times faster than me. And by the second day, they... So first day we had three, three, three or four zones and the second day they opened it up to like six. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they added passing zones for us in DE2 on, on Sunday. Um, so let's see. Yeah. Saturday was front straight, back straight, uh, between bridge straight between one and three, though. Almost nobody was using that. Yeah. And then the bridge straight. Yeah. From, from six all the way to the bottom of, uh, the climbing S's. Then and they then probably opened up after they, between 10 and Oak tree. They opened, uh, I think they did. They opened up between 10 and Oak Tree, though, again, not many people use that. Three roller and four, coaster and hog pen. Three and four, and then, yeah, roller coaster and, and hog pen. That is a sketchy place to try to pass. In Honestly, my I gave several point buys there and felt very good about how really? they were set up and executed. Yeah. Okay. And I think everybody in my group was pretty good about waving off or not taking 
uh, point buys if they didn't feel comfortable with it. So it was like, I'd give the point buy. I would, you know, I'm in a Miata, so I generally just stay on throttle because almost everybody can pass me. Um, and then I'd look up again, and if they hadn't made the move, just assume, okay, I have the line and, and you know, proceed forward and then give them another point by as soon as we got to the next zone and let them go by there. But, um, yeah, that was, it wasn't a bad place, I think, to uh, to give or take passes. But, again, that was less traffic, fewer really fast cars, and uh, fewer people willing to do it. I think maybe I only gave three there. Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea to to go back into to DE2 at a big open track like that just just for car parity purposes. Yeah. Um although for Hyperfest I will be staying in 3 because I want to give people ride along specifically. True. Yeah, and that's a whole that's a different like you're almost there for the ability to give your friends ride along which means you're going to have fun no matter what. Like exactly. even if you're pointing people by you're at least getting to take somebody out. But right. when it's just you and all you're doing is giving point buys all weekend, like I, I can awful. see. Um, for me, it was, I was a little frustrated early Saturday. Um, so this was my first event in DE2 with NASA Mid-Atlantic. So I ran in DE2 at Roebling with NASA Southeast. But um, Mid-Atlantic still wanted me to do a check ride in my first session, which I said was fine. Um, I thought I was going to have my race seat and harness in the driver's side. And so I specifically emailed ahead of time and said like, Hey, I know you guys don't like instructors riding with lesser safety equipment in, in the passenger side. So, uh, you know, I'm, I would like to go solo. I've been soloed with NASA Southeast, whatever they said, we still want to give you a check ride. As it turns out, I did not get the race seat in, so it was fine. Um, so I took one instructor who was six foot four <laughs> for a check ride. He was at least an inch and a half above the roll bar. Like they just, they scrambled to send somebody with me like in grid, um, and so I figured I'd get black flagged after two laps cause he was way too tall and they just let us run, which surprised me. Um, I felt way off my game. I hadn't been to VIR since last October. I hadn't driven it since last October. So where I could carry speed, how the turns felt, all this stuff, it just was, I was getting it back. So then the instructor was like, I'm 50-50 on you being solo this weekend. And I said, you know, I understand based on how I just drove that session. Also, it's very cold this morning and I'm taking it easy and all of that stuff. But I definitely noticed like there were a couple habits that just weren't great. So I said, listen, if you guys can find me an instructor who's short enough to fit under the roll bar, I don't mind taking somebody all weekend. I just know instructors like their weekends off too, and I, I am comfortable going solo. So he said, all right, let's, you know, we'll send somebody with you next session too. And then second session was like three times better. And the guy was yeah. like, you're you're good for DE3 as far as I'm concerned. And I was like, no, no, th this was just a check ride to stay in two. And he was like, and he was like, oh yeah, I mean, you're you're totally fine. So after that, I felt better. Um, but it took me all of Saturday to kind of work back up to pace and settle back into that track. Sunday was much better, uh, mind you. My tires, those tires, which I just this week have replaced them um, for some point this weekend. 
those tires were probably north of 30 sessions and like 30 heat cycles on rt660s is just too much it's a lot what is it three three darts four darts is too much Ace Ventura. Dirty, too much. much. Um, Thirty heat cycles is too much. Uh, I can't believe I did not get that reference. I'm so mad at myself. I didn't. I didn't do the uh, the severely tranquilized voice. <laughs> it probably would have helped. Uh, but those tires were were pretty much done. So I was. It took me a while to trust them to what they were going to do when I when I reach the limit i just kept thinking like if these tires are clapped out when it goes it's just gonna go because i've had that experience before when the car wasn't aligned right wasn't set up as well like it's much better now it's predictable when it gives up grip but old tires is something new to me so by about midday on sunday i finally reached a point where i could carry pace i could push it pretty well i had um three friends in S2000s that we would all just grid up together, the four of us, and at least try to run a few laps together and play around and give each other point buys. And, you know, it's, it's really fun. The cars are pretty similar. Um, S2000s still make more power. So at a high power track like VIR, I had to do everything I could to stay stuck to them in the corners and then try to catch them again in the next corners, which was a fun exercise on older tires. Um, so I finally, I I finally got up to a pace where by the end of Sunday, I thought I'm really fortunate to have this track like two and a half hours away from my house. And I just need to spend more time here. Like I should be here twice a year, at least like one time a year is not enough for a world-class track like that. It's that close to home. It is literally a world-class facility. And, and I feel like I owe it to myself to enjoy running there because i i don't have to go back every time and like relearn the track right like i want to settle in and feel like i know this place it's 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 home you know that it kind of belongs to me in that way so um yeah i think by the end of it it was a productive weekend and uh, i sent those tires off right they did last i thought they the left sides would be down to cords on the outside shoulders by the end of the weekend but they weren't which was nice um, now they t- they tend to to die by heat cycling before they yeah before they wear. When I went to change them at a buddy's house, yes, I did say at a buddy's house he has a tire machine and a wheel balancer at his house, which is pretty dope. Uh, in his in his garage, um, he's the kind of guy. Um, you guys probably don't know him, Matt Swartz. He li- lives down in Dinwiddie. Shout out to Matt. He probably doesn't listen. Um, He's a VMSC autocross guy. He autocrossed a Neon for a while. His wife has a Mini, like an early 2000s oh, Mini okay, Cooper. Okay, sure. Um, so they've they've done autocross in those cars for a while. And uh, he lives down in Dinwiddie. He's got like one of those uh, corrugated metal structure like garages. Yeah, um, with like a pointed roof, not a rounded one, but but same idea. It's pretty sizable i forget what the footprint is but tall enough that he's got a full height lift in there and he's the type of guy that if he can do it at home it just requires buying an expensive tool once but then he has it and can do it from then on he's just gonna buy the tool like he bought he owns the tool for like programming your own modern key fobs 
because he needed an extra key for his Infinity G37. And he was just like, or G35 or whichever one it is. And he was just like, listen, now I can do this every time I need to do it. And How I can do, do it for all my that? friends. Uh, let's see. I think let's he see, also... Tire machines make sense. Yeah, he made a spare key for his uh, Mazda Speed 6, I think. Had to program that as well. Um, he's offered that if I want to get a spare key for my Miata, because when I bought it used, it only came with one, that I can buy it and go program it at his house. Like, he's just the guy that has the stuff now for all his friends, which is cool. That is um, cool. So he's got a tire machine. Uh, and when, uh, circling back, when I went down there to dismount those rt660s they're actually like blue yeah like they get mm -hmm. that like bluish hue to them when they that's that's like an r comp thing which heated. tells you how soft those actually are they're air quotes 200, 200 treadwear yeah, yeah. but no, no. their rt660s are are cheater tires Very for sure yeah. but it also means that once they heat cycle out which i know the um the time trials guys say like 10 to 15 heat cycles is about all they use for them like for peak performance yeah because yeah. they're because they're chasing lap times like it's competitive um they're just not great after that and for somebody like me that just wants to turn tons of laps in in de stuff and just do driver improvement it's not the best fit they were amazing when they were new but they're they're not the best fitting 200 treadwear tire um so what i got is uh the kumho Exta v730s which is heard good things. their new 200 treadwear autocross tire. Um, I have also heard good things. Basically, what I've heard is obviously the peak grip is not going to be quite as good as the RT660s, but it is apparently better than the Ventus RS4s. They're better than RS4s. And they last about as long as RS4s, which RS4s oh, are say, known yeah. for. So they're going to last as long and grip a little better than rs4s and they were um 20 to 30 bucks cheaper for the set or something the than, rs4s are not cheap than the rt660s and they were like 60 bucks cheaper for the set uh than the re71 rs the oh those are stuff. really not cheap yeah. yeah which in my size like only 60 bucks more for the set was was impressive mm. But um, still, that's the same thing. Those RE71 RSs are also like time trials, time attack tires. You're going to tear them up quick, and then they're going to be pretty pretty sad. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to see how these, uh, how these Kumos go for me. I'm, I'm kind of excited, too, because they're asymmetrical, but they're not directional. So I can actually rotate them side to side now. Which means if I do another like right hand heavy track like Roebling and really chew up the outer shoulders on the left side tires, just move them over to the other side and then wear out the the other pair, which I couldn't do with the 660s without flipping them. So, um, yeah, that's nice. Uh, let's talk about the one other thing that gave us hope in that weekend, which was three dudes who were oh yeah about 19 years old from JMU from JMU, who came and talked to us on Friday night, after hours, late late in the evening, probably 11 o'clock, midnight. We were not almost. up that late. No? On Friday night? Okay. Oh, on Friday night, maybe. Yeah. Saturday, no, we, Saturday night, we were in bed by like 10, because it oh, felt yeah. like it was 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Friday night, when we got down there, I swapped the, uh, the wheels and tires and the brake pads on the car yeah. and stuff, mm -hmm. and then these guys found us in the paddock, and they... 
one of them has a Miata. All of them like fully respected Jordan's car, like the slow cars. They just could not think they were cooler. And they they all like swapped junkyard run stories and how they had to fix their car and read internet forums. And I was like, car guys like this still exist? That aren't thirty five. Hope that's, for the future. That's pretty great. It was. It was wonder. I said to Jordan afterward, like I kind of want to shed a, a tear. <laughs> like this is. It's so good to see that there are like younger people, and I know that I, I age myself by saying that, but it is exciting to see like, you know, people fully fifteen, eighteen years younger than me that have the same exact grassroots level accessible passion for cars and motorsports and there was a whole group of them there yeah. from jmu which yeah. is pretty cool and they just want they wanted nothing more than just to stand there and talk to us about our cars like they were not just there impressed by you know the quarter million dollar porsches that were there like that's cool i gave one of them a ride on sunday <laughs> cool and he had true he had gotten a ride with like a couple of the crazy porsches already and he was like i want to oh, can i go in the corolla i was like yeah <laughs> you can do you really want to? And I bet he had a blast. Yeah, he had a good like, time. Because it's a race car. And it's the kind of race car that he could build for himself. And like, sure. Yeah. It's just neat to, uh, I thought it was really cool to see, like, you know, people, people of the next generation coming up that, that still have the same kind of like passion for grassroots motorsports. The kids are all right, as they say. That they, they have said that. I've heard it. Um, yeah, I didn't. That's pretty much all I had to say about VIR. It's was VIR stories? Chris it was Larson. Weird, it was a weird. Uh, Chris Larson was there. He was there. He ran it was in S two thousand. He was one of the three S two thousands I ran with that weekend. Um, good to see him. Shout out to Chris. Um, good to He's see him it. on track. Yeah, that, that's it. That was his second event at, at VIR, and it's so weird to think to. To acknowledge that, because I feel like I see him at every track event because he's always working. Because he's working, yeah. But he was actually working and driving. Impressive. So they gave him a room at the track. Oh. And then he also got to spend spend like 80% of his day driving, which is a pretty sick gig. That is that is a good gig. I, I would not argue with that. Nope. If I did not have a child, I would be volunteering all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell on him just a little bit. He did money shift the car right in front of me at one point, and he calculated his RPMs on that money shift after the fact. And they, Assuming he let the clutch all the way out. They were something like almost 11,000 RPMs. That's like, not too, too bad. No. not you, you can do it for a fraction of a second, and it's probably okay-ish. He's got the AP2 retainers in it, too, the valve retainers, which are way better. So he was like, thank God for them. But, you know, S2000s, they like all the revs. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he just kept sending it after that, which was, that's the plan. You, you love to see it. You do. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. Twelve thousand four hundred twenty-seven RPMs. That's is that's what, a good good bunch of RPMs. There is what he calculated. It is it is a number. It is a it's a large number. I have thankfully never done that. I I have like done the half money shift where you catch it before you let the clutch all the way out. Halfway out on the clutch, and I hear it just zinging up, and I stab the clutch again as fast as I can. I think the worst one I had was at New Jersey, and it was 
like 8,500. Yeah. It just really was not. I was probably in the same neighborhood at VIR. I, I went from top of four or. Yeah. No, top of third to second. Three to two. Yeah. Three to two. That's what Chris did. Yeah. I think that's what I've done too. And it's um, coming out of hog pen. Is that where it happened? That's what happened to me. No, it happened to Chris uh, right after six, heading toward the bridge. Oh, three to a, three to four there, but I think maybe he was still turning a little curve, bit, maybe. yeah, or just hard on throttle. He was saying that the S two thousands are known for one of the motor mounts kind of breaking in such a way that it basically just collapses. So it's like still captive, and it will still sit there, but it allows the engine to torque over really badly when you're on throttle or off. And so it's possible that the difference between like on throttle and then getting off to shift caused the engine engine and transmission to rotate over. And so like as he grabbed the stick and went, because he said like, I swear I went straight back, but it went three to two when he went back and... Yeah, I, um, I've I've done the same because Miatas are also known for the engine trans kind of. Yeah. Even the, my it, NA well, used to be really yeah. bad about it. You can it watch autocross. the shifter kind of bounce around. Oh, at autocross, if you'd watch in my NA, every time I'd take a slalom because I mount the GoPro on the roll bar so you can see the inside of the car, the shifter would move back and forth like an inch and a half just every time you turn the car. So, yeah, it's... Stiffer motor mounts have have their benefits outside of just more direct torque and yeah and more noise vibration and harshness yeah or at least a like a trans mount or something yeah yeah I don't know what the options are for the S two thousand not not super familiar with the platform but yeah that was VIR it was a good time yeah and then uh, I left VIR I also my my trailer broke on the way there oh yeah. Which uh, the, uh, broke. Yeah, I mean, not, not not enough to make me to make it non-functional, but it it but the the axle is the axle itself is round. It's round, and it round. sits sits in these little brackets to allow the round axle to sit on the flat leaf spring. And when you hit the brakes, it I I had welded those brackets to the axle because it had spun before. Apparently, I did not weld it very well. And the welds broke and the axle spun and ripped the wires out of the brakes. So I had no brakes going home. Not the end of the world because I have upgraded brakes on the Forerunner. So I just had to, you know, pay attention and it was fine. Yeah. But not ideal. So now I got to fix that. But I did uh, take the axle off and weld the crap out of them. So they will not. Those welds look good. Yeah. They're not going nowhere. Yeah. I saw your pictures after you I posted them. To, I, think, I think they're going to be just fine now. I still have to fix the wiring, but I did get a new thing for that. Uh, have you seen the the heat shrink that comes preloaded with a little ring of low temperature solder in yes. them? Yes. I have not used those before, but I will to fix that. Yeah. I'm very excited. They're, they're butt splices and heat shrink and solder all it's in not one. Even, I don't right? even think they have butt splices in them. Oh, okay. You literally slide it over one wire. Yeah, it's meshed. got a little silver ring in the mm-hmm. middle. I've just seen those where it's also a, like, so you uh, crimp it on either side, and then it also melts the solder and the heat shrink. Yeah, in the these middle. these do not have the crimps in them. You just you literally just heat it up, and then it has it. Ha- the whole thing is waterproof heat shrink. Yeah, but then it also has like little sections of heat shrink inside of it that are even tighter. It's like or it's like glue or something. Yeah. Like it's a softer thing. You see it squeeze out the end mm-hmm. when it's done. Those are yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited those to try those. They'll be great. Yeah, I got very, like a whole pack of them on Amazon for like 10 bucks. It was great. 
that is that is how Amazon be. It it do. Um but yeah, uh so that's one winter project. Uh I also That's right, because you're weirdly done. I'm done. You're done. I'm done for the year. Well I I I thought VIR I was done and then so my all my coworkers that uh I drug out to one track cross then immediately turned around and dragged me out to the last track cross that was last weekend. Um, I, I did not plan on going to that. And then everyone in the shop was screaming at me to do it. So I did it. It was also like weirdly 70 to 80 degrees. Yeah, it was like a the, solid the 80 degrees. Weeks. So, I mean, it was the, great. It while the weather's all. nice and while Dominion is that close by, like, heck yeah, yeah just it, go. Lots of, lots of issues with dominion it's not a perfect place but holy moly it the convenience factor is so high yeah. and it's so this here's the here's here's the, the main the main thing dominion is the perfect size for my car for your car yeah i can keep up with people at dominion because it is small um track cross obviously obviously it's a little different because you're doing times one car at a time not everybody on track for hot laps but it's still very fun. Yeah, and but like I, where you place in the in the times in the pack, like even my very first track event when I bought the ND was a track cross with the Porsche Club at Dominion, and I ran like solidly mid pack in a field of mostly nine elevens. Yeah, it's just because that's the type of track it is. Like it's small enough and tight enough that you just. It it really levels the playing field from the high horsepower cars down to it really what does. we're working with. And a, a couple of things about this event that were a little notable. Um, I drove the car there and back. I did not trailer it, oh. um, which is a little different. And what you would think that having driven the car to the track and not trailered it, uh, I would have been easier on it when in fact very much the opposite was the case. And I have never... Now here's, you know how I feel. Here's the, here's the big thing. Where at VIR, which is a better track that I like more, I felt bad at the end of the weekend. Whereas at Dominion, I went to this little event that I just ended up... I, I, I have not felt that satisfied at the end of an event in a long time. It was fantastic. What a good way to end, end your year of track stuff. Right? Like That's great. Oh. And when I went into the registration office in the morning, one of the guys in there who ended up being the guy that was like the starter for the, for the runs, um, he was like, I said, I gave the, the registration person my name and he was like, from the podcast? I was like, what? Whoa. Where's the... We'll take I, it. Uh, we'll just, take it. I just figured we'll, I would stab a random button. Um, That's it's worth it. Yeah. So we got uh, somebody. Somebody at that works at Dominion listens to the podcast. I'm sorry that I don't remember your name, but if you listen to this podcast at Cheers. all, you know that I don't know names. So from the podcast. Congrats. Wow. Thank you're, you. You're Jordan from the podcast. Right. Now. It was dope. I, that is amazing. I'm gonna that get is, you a shirt that, that says "Hello, my name is Jordan," and then in parentheses from the podcast. That is truly all i have ever wanted from this venture right? that we do it's is like just that one just random want, person in the wild i want basically you. somebody i don't know recognize one of us from the podcast there you go it's and, happened and he, I that think makes he had, me so happy we can hang it up he now. had this listened is, up he was current on the podcast yes so 
when Doug was also in there, he was like, "You're Doug with the Subaru with the weird <laughs> with the weird ECU." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. That's our guy. Shout out to that guy. Shout out to that guy. You'll have to uh, send us an email at beer, beer and backfire, backfire at, at gmail.com. Gmail. There we go. And tell us your name because you you deserve an official shout out. Or, or since none of us actually checked that email, hit us up on Instagram or something. Yeah, or do that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, a couple of other takeaways from that event. Um, uh, BMW M2 competitions are really fast. Yes. Um, the yeah, don't say shockingly affordable. Are they? For what they are, yeah. Okay. I yeah. don't know how much they cost, but it, I don't imagine that it is a small number. Sixty, maybe. Okay. Well under a hundred, like well, well under really? hundred. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the M2s don't don't. I, that's what's part of what's so cool about them. It's why the Caymans are way cooler to me than 911s too. It's oh, just that sure. they're like shockingly more affordable. Yeah, Corey's gonna go ahead and do the the Lord's work and Google it for us. Fifty-eight thousand. Wait for yeah. a BMW M2 competition. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like not option now. Probably like a single option, and it's sixty-five. Sure. But they're yeah, they're that like is very reasonable cheap. for the for the performance. That's cheaper than a Corvette, like a base Corvette C8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably is. That's crazy. Uh, by the way, if you have not seen the new M2, like the one that's coming out next year, uh, <sighs> we have a an M3 oh, in the shop right now. It's bad, and oh, with, with the one bad. with the bad front in highlighter yellow. Oh, the new, the uh, if you see the new M2, it's like, it doesn't have the same grill problem, but every body feature from like the headlights down, like from that, from the belt line down, from there up, it looks like a BMW 2 Series. From there down, it looks like um, those those bad bodybuilders who like inject steroids directly into their biceps oh, like right. every every feature design feature is it's just like bulbous and blown out and does not look proportionate to the car like it's just really disappointing I am connected directly into your brain if I speak at any volume higher than a whisper. We can do we can do an an ASMR episode. I've it's got to be just Steve and Doug. Does Doug have a really good like ASMR oh, voice? Oh, D- Doug is like podcast gold. Doug's voice does sound very good on the podcast. Yep. I don't want to inflate his ego any more than it already is. I'm kidding. Doug's a great guy. Everybody loves Doug. It's fine. I I do love Doug. Um but Doug does have a very good voice yes. on, on recording. Absolutely. On mic. I, I was going to say, I just had a, a couple other little comments about track cross. Yes. Um, and now that I can't said that, I can't think of what they were. Um, basically, the, 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 one of the frustrations that I had from VIR, even though I was very satisfied with how the, the car was at Dominion, um, 
I was I was throwing it into turns harder than I ever have, like trail breaking harder than I ever have, like just absolutely flogging the car. Um, I found that it starts to hop, uh, like G Force go karts used to uh, on oh. turn six, which is the the hundred and eighty degree right. Yeah. Um, if I would trail break it really hard into that and try to get transitioning from brake to throttle, it might start to hop the back end a little bit. Um, which is the first time I've really had issues with my the tuning of my thrown together horrible suspension. Um, finally pushed it hard enough to find out what it does at those types of limits or yeah. under those loads. Um, you were also, I saw a picture of it three-wheeling, which yeah. I have never personally noticed your car pick up the inside rear. The guys were saying that it was basically doing that all the way through turn six. It's probably why it was hopping. Probably. Because um, the sidewall on the outside rear was probably just rolling over and then giving up and popping and then yeah. rolling over and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, probably also I, I have less negative camber in the rear now than I used to. And I think that probably is part of it as well. Um, it just, it's rolling over, like you said. Yeah. Um, the, the difference in times between me and more powerful cars from doing the short course in the morning to the long course in the afternoon is dramatic. Oh yeah. The car just it it just doesn't have enough power as soon as they include the couple high speed sections at that track it's done yeah it's very frustrating um you have 100 horsepower bud like you're doing pretty well i know for what it is um it's a corolla right do i need to remind you that it's a toyota corolla um i it's awesome i still have some moderate aspirations depending on the the schedule for next year should be coming out probably at pri at least that's where they announced it last year for Grid Life. Um, looking forward to seeing what next year's East Coast schedule looks like because I'd really like to do at least one or two uh, Sunday Cup things, or at least try to. Um, I would like to do more events with Grid Life next yeah. year. More than I'd like one. to go back to New Jersey. I definitely want to do New Jersey when they do it. I would like to get out to Pit Race or Mid Ohio. Pit Race looks like a lot of fun. Pit Race does look like a lot of. It's a lot of turns. Yeah, a lot it's of elevation. Like Twenty-two too. turns or something, and tons of elevation changes. Um, I have been in contact with Fortunato. Uh, they make AE ninety-two coilovers. They do not make AE eighty-two coilovers. The differences are negligible enough that I could probably make them work. Um, and I told them they don't list five. They only list five hundreds and I want five tens. And I was like, listen, this is what I want to do. What, 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 what can we do here? And they were yeah. like, this is what we're going to do. Buy five hundreds. Make sure they fit. Once you make sure they fit, send them back in and get, we'll upgrade the internals to five tens. We'll revalve them too. Nice. I was like, that sounds dope. So I'm probably going to order those next week. And that'll be the first time I've ever bought actual off-the-shelf suspension for anything. I've never bought coilovers before. I've always A made my own coilovers. World. Yeah. So I was going to ask if you guys have any winter plans for your cars, but well, that there you go. Jordan beat you to the punch there. Also, I... Uh, Nick is going to bring over his RX-7 at some point, and we're going to build his roll bar. Uh, yes. I, I also told Nick at VIR that uh, if, I, if my services would be of any help, I am willing to uh, come lend a hand and yeah. 
and a, a squeeze trigger and and do some welding too because uh we just gotta figure a out a day it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it should be yeah. it should be pretty straightforward uh, you need to figure out three days i will tell you think so yes really yeah really think so uh depending on how like completely complete the kit is maybe two very complete it's not a full cage it's just a a roll bar yeah still the one the one i did for matt serrett in his civic i still had to chop bar ends to length and angle them and fish mouth a couple things myself this is supposed to be like like the main hoop was bent and a couple things were notched but this is this is a complete complete like should everything put, should put slot fit a together. and peg b and tack it and weld that, it that's what i expected out of mats too so i'm just saying it it might be a little unexpected but hopefully yeah, yeah if it all fits together and the main the main thing is i need to make sure that my both my gas and wire are full before we start yes yeah that's the main the main thing Definitely and then i i told nick i was like before before we start go get yourself some wire wheels and some flapper discs for prepping and uh, that's what he's going to be doing while I'm welding is just prepping everything. I've also, um, I could bring my uh, bench grinder. It's real small mm-hmm. and it has a wire wheel. I could bring nice. that over and just set it up. And that's one of the easiest ways is just run that stuff on a bench grinder. Yep. But th- I'm excited for that, especially with how good the welds on the, the trailer came out. Uh, yeah. No, like I say, it. those those looked real good. Good good penetration, good tie-in and everything. <laughs> think, so you just you have to crank that little welder to the moon. Yep. To get anything thicker than, you know, sixteenth of an inch yeah. to, to really burn in, but it works. The uh, you know, you welded your steering column with it, like you know, I built all my suspension with it for two, three cars now. Yeah. So. Gets gets the job done. Yeah. Oh, I think the reason the welds broke the first time was because I had welded them without taking the axle off and not really prepping it very well and doing it upside down under the trailer. Probably not ideal. I could do it. Yeah. And I only welded them on one side. Now they're, they are one with the axle now. Mui welded. So yeah. You can find us at beerandbackfire.com. We have a Discord. We have an Instagram and a Facebook Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, uh, you know, um, collecting in the corner with the rest of the dust. Um, or on Instagram, at I am understeer. It's probably the easiest. I don't post much anymore, but I'm there. I'm there. Always watching. (laughs) Always. No, actually, watching less and less these days, but, um, that's where I'm at. You can also find me by going to beerandbackfire.com and click on our sponsor click link. on our sponsor <laughs> as far as I know they haven't taken me off of there yet you are still on there my friend oh, thanks um, I did I believe update Jordan's name on the website oh boy I wanted to change his name in the discord but I don't have access to change people's names in the discord so beerandbourbon.com get out of here autofill results while he's doing that you can find me at c.crehan on the instagram for pictures of the birthday boy big dog uh good food and ripped pants happy birthday to luca yep it is luca's birthday our show's mascot he is three now and he is zonked out he right is now. snoozing like a um, big giant three-year-old chungus too oh and you can also find me on the discord i believe i'm the only one with uh, notifications turned on so 
There you go. Mm. Yeah, I definitely don't. Yeah. <laughs> I have to manually check. Uh, Jordan, you are listed as Track Daddy. Nice. Yeah, you are. So there is a link to Track Daddy's Instagram <laughs> right there, right there on our right there on our page. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Daily Downshift. I have a blog also, thedailydownshift.blogspot.com. Um, or just click on Track Daddy's Instagram or just at Beer and Backfire. Daddy's Instagram. Um, yeah, Beer and Backfire.com. Hop on the Discord, say hi. Uh, other than that, have yes, a good the night. Discord pops off. So it get, does, it's good. Get there, be there. It's good stuff. Be there. We love you. Good night. Are we, are we, I guess we're recording now? We are recording okay, right good. now, yes. Would you like to open this beer? I, yeah, I can open the beer. Yeah. Uh, this one isn't probably going to be particularly uh, audiogenic, but we'll try. That might have been okay. Surround sound. That's actually nice. Sure, I'll pour the beer. I will, uh, I will you record. Get in here? I will record Corey. You can literally hear the fizz of the bubbles. That's delightful. It looks thick. It does. Yes, it does. At, at least, at least two, two to three C's. A solid say. two to two and a half C's. Yeah, yeah, at least. Which half? We only got half a C. Would would it be the top or the bottom, or the left? Or it's very skinny. It's like the opposite. That's still of a bold. whole C, though. Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the bottom. Okay. Yeah. The bottom of the C. You think you would still identify that as half a C? It's just like... Potentially. Yeah. Or just a computer error. If it were where I were expecting a C to be, I think I would still identify it just fine. <laughs>